This is Brent Buckley. Welcome to the Voice of Common Sense, where we explore the decline and fall of the American Republic, the corruption that brought it about, and how to fight back. Today, I would like to pose three questions. Does evil exist? If so, what is it? And if it exists, is it in any way responsible for the decline and fall of the American Republic and the rise of the 21st century totalitarian regime that is today's Democrat Party? In today's postmodern world, there can by definition be no such thing as inherent absolute evil. Everything is relative according to our postmodern betters. One man's evil is another man's good if you buy into postmodern assertions. The postmoderns are not only wrong, they are grossly and unimaginably wrong. Inherent absolute evil does exist. I believe that the proof that evil exists is expressed in acts that when we see them are so hideous and horrible as to leave us unable to explain them. I also believe that we all intuitively understand that evil exists. Recognition of the reality of evil is part of our humanity. The danger is that we are prone to calling an institution or person evil when in fact they may merely be bad or without a fully functioning moral compass, perhaps even temporarily. Evil is a word that is often thrown about recklessly, but evil is actually, under normal circumstances, and most of the time, rare. Nevertheless, evil seems to be quite real. But what is it? What is necessary for evil to be in play? It is a set of behaviors by people, either as individuals or within the institutions they inhabit. The objective and effect of evil behavior is to make the beautiful ugly, eradicate love, destroy good, render kindness impossible, poison the soul, deceive those who are near evil, create chaos and confusion, smother hope, and debase humanity. It is the opposite of the good and the opposite of the metaphysical force some call the divine. For something, for anything to be evil, it must, I have come to believe, contain at least six attributes or elements. First, the evil person is intentionally malicious. He is out to do harm, intentional harm, to steal, cheat, cause suffering, murder, or otherwise bring damage or loss to someone or something. But committing a malicious act in and of itself does not make a person or institution evil. People who are not evil do bad things all the time. Institutions that are not evil bring harm all the time. Nevertheless, the desire to bring intentional harm is one of the six requirements for evil to be present. The second requirement is that evil or the evil person, gets enjoyment out of causing this malicious harm. He delights at witnessing the suffering he causes. It is sadistic in nature. He smirks and grins as his victims suffer. Third, evil seeks to empower and enrich itself for its own sake. Evil does not seek power and wealth to deploy them to the greater good of others or the community. Power and riches are sought and obtained solely to satisfy an inner hunger, to feed its own bottomless inner emptiness. The fourth requirement is deception. 
The evil person revels in falsehood. Evil people are what psychiatrist Scott Peck calls people of the lie. Fifth, the evil person hides his evilness from others. He or she resides in the shadows. He or she seeks to be unseen, undiscovered. She recoils from the light. He protects himself from being known. The evil are creatures always hiding in the night, and they are destroyed by knowledge, by the light, and by the truth. As an evil person becomes more and more revealed, like the wicked witch of the East and the Wizard of Oz, or like a vampire with the morning light falling on him, evil begins to wither and die. The sixth element necessary for evil is a malignant narcissism and omnipresent arrogance. Evil acts only for itself. It thinks only of itself. It strives to achieve only its own gratification. Evil is always convinced of its superiority, confident of its absolute license to cause suffering, and confident that it will never be discovered. Absent the presence of these six elements, evil is not in play. It is not embedded in the person or institution. If you encounter a person with one or a few of these attributes, you may be dealing with something or someone very dangerous, very destructive, and very bad. You may have something or someone in front of you that will severely damage you or even kill you if you fail to protect yourself. But absent all these elements, you are not dealing with true evil. I suspect that there are more than these six attributes of evil, but of these I am quite certain. Although evil is rare, sometimes, in some places, it rises, gently at first, slowly from the shadows, and then quite suddenly explodes violently to devour a person or a whole society. This happened in Stalinist Russia in the 1920s, and I believe that it is happening in America today. I will have to prove up on this admittedly inflammatory and even dangerous assertion and over the next weeks and months, I will. Unfortunately, evil is unrelenting in its drive to destroy and create suffering. Because it is unrelenting and fanatical in its pursuit to cause suffering, it can entrap both individuals and entire societies. Because it is unrelenting and fanatical in its pursuit to cause suffering, it can entrap both individuals and entire societies such that they are forced to engage it. There is, in such situations, no escape. Therefore, the weak and vulnerable sometimes become trapped by evil, such as children tortured and abused. I enter into this discussion about the nature of evil for a reason. The voice of common sense seeks to explain the decline and fall of the United States of America. My premise is that the fall of the Republic began and now continues as a result of a very particular kind of evil. I have come to believe that a constellation of forces, activities, and efforts have been working toward the takeover and destruction of American culture and American society. What we are seeing is not normal change. It is not the normal evolution of a culture. It is something entirely different. I believe that a reasonable interpretation of the hideous changes in America today 
is that they are abnormal and deranged. I am not describing a world conspiracy that meets in a star chamber somewhere. These forces, these groups, these people have not necessarily been working together, have not necessarily been coordinating with one another, and not necessarily operating in a conspiratorial fashion. Perhaps their efforts were at one time nothing more than the random play of normal political competition. One could make that argument, and it may well be true. Nevertheless, these separate unrelated events and happenings have, over time, coalesced into a loosely coordinated whole that is very much aware of its separate complementary parts. The separate players in this enterprise are now fully conscious of one another, and they take their cues from one another. Both the whole movement and its separate but complementary parts have together created a coalition of evil that has infiltrated American culture and American society and is destroying them now, here in real time. Here are just a few members of this coalition of evil. Big leftist government, big education, big tech, big media, and there are others. This loose coalition has in its effect become a totalitarian behemoth that is ruling America by means of terror. The coalition, as I said, is big government, big tech, big media, big education, and even big China, and also the intellectual pretenders and the majority owners of multinational corporations. For the first time in American history, they are working in concert. These institutions now function as a multi-headed political, economic, and cultural hydra. I realize that such an assertion sounds over the top. It even sounds a little crackpot. I can't deny that. I understand if that is your initial reaction. Five years ago, I would have had the same reaction. Over the course of the next few months, I will make my argument and present my evidence in an effort to prove the truth of my assertion that a coalition of evil institutions have come together and ruthlessly seized totalitarian control of the United States. As one piece of evidence, I would point to big tech censoring, suppressing, canceling, and utterly terrorizing its customers on social media for expressing political and cultural opinions with which it disagrees. All the participants in the coalition have certain commonalities, share a certain common denominator. They form a single zeitgeist. They are all flowing from a dark place in the human soul. In that place is a megalomaniacal desire to be the absolute ruler of everything and everyone. To, in essence, be God ruling over the human race. Can anyone witnessing the events of the last five years say with conviction that big government, big tech, big media, big China, big education, intellectual pretenders and the majority owners of multinational corporations are not moving toward megalomaniacal control? This megalomaniac desire to act as God has a rich history in Western civilization and goes by many names. It was given a voice during the French Revolution in the form of the great terror of the Jacobins. Political and cultural megalomania was given voice in 1948 when Karl Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto. It was also given voice by several German philosophers in the late 1800s. 
the first successful real-world regime to bring a megalomaniacal political and cultural rule to the modern world was Vladimir Lenin's Bolshevik Revolution and the reign of Stalin. Many other efforts followed around the world during the 20th century. Again, these systems of totalitarianism go by a number of different names. Socialism, Communism, Marxism, Neo-Marxism, Social Democracy, on and on it goes in an endless list of isms and name tags. In the podcast on the voice of common sense, I use these names almost interchangeably. And when I use them, I hope you will understand that in each usage, I am referring to a regime, to a group of people who I believe are seeking to end traditional American liberty and responsibility and seize totalitarian control of the lives of each and every American citizen. Now, with the big tech monopolies of Facebook, Google, Twitter, Apple, and Amazon, joining with big government, big media, big education, and big China, the coalition of evil is complete. This totalitarian coalition now reigns terrorizing, intimidating, and when necessary, utterly destroying our ability to make a living and function in society. This is the rogue regime, and it is, I believe, the personification of evil. That's all for now, folks. This is Brent Buckley, the voice of common sense, saying take care, be safe, and see you soon.